Hey everyone, today we're gonna be talking all about how to use courses to build your know, like, and trust factor. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, guys, I'm going to be talking today with Katie M. Smith. She is an education person, meaning she's actually spent 11 years in the education field. And in the past year, the universe pivoted her in a different direction, a business learning strategist. She's a California girl, but everyone thinks she's from the South. She's an Aries, Enneagram 2, manifesting generator, and ultimately, her passion is creating curriculum. She wants to help business owners use educational psychology to elevate their client learning experience. And after having spoken with her, I cannot agree more with everything she said. Like spot on, 100%. I love the way she thinks. And I know you're going to, too. Katie, I'm so excited to have you on the No Like a Dress show. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hello, audience. Welcome. I am really interested in what you have to say because I have had a lot of topics around course creation on this show, but I will fully admit I am not the expert when it comes to actually putting a course together, like the content for the course what I want to teach people. Oh, I'm good there. Like I'm 100% confident that what I'm going to tell people will actually help them if they can ingest it the right way. And I think that is what you are going to be talking about, how we can make sure that people are actually gaining the knowledge we want them to receive. Yes, exactly what you're saying. Everybody has all of their knowledge, right? But then how do you translate that knowledge in a way that someone who is brand new to this industry or brand new to your topic can actually understand, comprehend, and then implement themselves. So when you're talking about that, all right, I know you come from an education background and maybe you'll tell us a little bit about that. But you know, like I know from experience having taken a fairly good number of courses, let's let's just put it that way, <laughs> that, you know, some courses are really great at delivering what they say they're going to. Others have good content but it's, you know, maybe disorganized or or something like that. And then there's the other ones where you're like, this is <laughs> this is not what I thought I was getting. So, you know, when someone's like, hey, it's time for me to put out a digital product, whether that's a full-fledged signature course or whether it's an entry-level offer, how are they supposed to go about doing that and make sure that they don't end up in that other category? <laughs> yeah. So – I know in this industry, everybody has heard like backwards plan, reverse engineer, like design with the end in mind, whatever people want to say. It's a phrase that gets thrown around. But in education, we use it all the time. And we actually have a strategy behind it. And that strategy is called understanding by design. So understanding by design is a three-step process. So if you are listening and you're like, okay, I want to build a like a mini course or a full course or an ebook or a digital product, even just teaching on your stories. The first question you want to ask is what do I want them to know and be able to do? So by the time someone has paid you, gone through your course program book, what should they be able to do? That is the first question. That establishes your goal. Now, normally what you've heard in the industry is plan, go backwards from there, which is great, except like, go backwards to where, like how far back are you going? Are we going back to like kindergarten? Are we going back to 
where they were a couple months ago. So I always say you need to know where they're going. What do I want them to know and be able to do? The second question I ask is, where are they starting? Where where are your clients starting? Now, everybody's going to have their different starting points, but generally everybody who is going to invest in your program is at the same starting point. So where are they starting? Then once you know your start, once you know your end, that's when you start filling in your content in the middle, which is going to get them from their starting point to where you want them to be. So I like that you're specifying the starting point. <laughs> For me, this has been probably the biggest struggle. You know, I I launched Secret to Sought Out um, about a year ago, and I wanted to include everything someone needs to put out a fully branded, well-defined business. And it was too much. You know, that was the feedback I got from my users. Some of them didn't finish the course. Others did finish it, but they didn't feel like they were making the progress that they wanted. And that was on me. You know, it was a beta and that was that. And I have since then pulled out, you know, individual modules as separate courses because turns out that's enough information for a course. (laughs) But, you know, from the expert quote unquote point of view, I didn't want to feel like I was leaving out things that people really did need to know. So with that starting point, like are there best practices in choosing that starting point? So the way that I can explain it best over a podcast would be think about like when you're in elementary school, right? Or even in middle school and high school, everybody went from first grade to second grade. Now, not everybody can read at the same level or do math at the same level, but generally they're all in the same starting point. So when you apply that to your courses or your products, everybody has an ideal client or their ICA, but your specific product might just be targeting them at one specific stage in their business. So maybe it is targeting them when they're just starting their Instagram, or maybe it's targeting them when they're choosing their branding colors, or maybe it's targeting them when they're choosing their branding voice, right? You can have your course be very specific to where your ICA is at in that point in time. So you might not hit your whole ICA, but the part of your ICA that's just looking to rebrand or just looking for new colors or just starting on Instagram, that course is for them. It's kind of like niching down when we're told to like niche down who we're helping. Same thing with your courses and your programs. You want to make them very niche, very to speaking to a specific person, even though they can apply to everybody. It kind of falls in that same vein. So I love that you pulled out parts of your course and made them their own. And from there, then they can move on through multiple courses, it sounds like, to get the full experience. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for me, it was just probably a selfish thing. I had already created all this intense, great content. I didn't want it all to go to waste just because it didn't fit together in one package. And, you know, that's why I've done what I've done. But when you're talking about that starting point, I love how you described it as, you know, people who are in this one specific instance together, even if it's just a piece of your ICA or your best client, because a lot of people, despite knowing that they need a very specific, you know, niche, a very specific best client, they haven't maybe done that. And this helps them actually almost by default narrow the ICA to a tighter niche and a tighter, more specific circumstance and therefore market it more easily as well. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you're, you know, you, I'm sure people have heard if you're listening, like if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to no one. I don't remember who said that. So please do not report me to the plagiarizing police. But if your course is so broad that everybody can take it, you're going to get those people who will take the whole thing and people who are like, oh, no, I invested and it was the wrong decision. And so it, if you are more specific with your course topic and it is more niche down, 
the right people are going to find it and the right people are going to buy it. And I know that's scary because people are like, I just want to sell hundreds of courses, which is a great goal. But if you're too broad, those people aren't going to find you. So when we're having that good specific, you know, instance, an outcome that you can offer in the course and you can go ahead and, you know, reverse engineer, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, you know, what does someone do next, right? They found that one specific thing. Where do they go from there? Yeah. So in education, we have this theory, it's called Bloom's Taxonomy, and it's a six-step process that students should go through to learn something. Well, one of those steps is like vocab tests. And I don't know about you, but I'm not giving my clients vocab tests to make sure that they're understanding (laughs) words. So I kind of took this theory of Bloom's Taxonomy and changed it for business. And so I call mine Bloom's for business, but it's basically four steps. So you go through, you reverse engineer, you've identified where they're starting, where they're going, all the content you want to teach them. And then there's four steps that your client should go through to reach this ultimate like learning goal. And so the first step is foundations. So once you've brain dumped like all your information, you're going to want to go through and find your foundations, which are your key terms and your concepts that you're going to teach that your program is rooted on. And then the next step is to go through and look for tactics, which are your systems, your processes that you, your blueprints that you use in your business, highlight those or circle those in a different color. The next step would be techniques, which is how you complete or implement your systems, your blueprints, et cetera. You're going to highlight those in a different color. And then you're going to go to your creation piece and figure out like, okay, well, what are they able to create on their own? That's the answer to your first question. What should they know and be able to do? And so once you've identified those four pieces, then you kind of just start grouping your foundations with the tactics that match with it, with the techniques that match with it, with the creation pieces that match with it. And then once you have those matches done, you kind of have your modules and your sequences. And I know that sounds really complicated and confusing. I promise it's not as complicated and confusing as it sounds, but that's the best way to do it so that you are grouping, you're taking your clients through this learning process where they are learning the terms that they need to learn and then the tactics they need and then how to implement their tactics and then how to create on their own. And so it's this same process we use in the education world just applied to business. I love how you laid that out for two reasons. And I'll go into both of them in just a sec. But the first is, is you know, one, you you put it all into categories. So like first this, then that, then this, finally here. But also, you know, it leads right into what I think a good course should do, which is the teaching a man how to fish rather than just handing him the fish, right? And I love that that, that final phase was was that you know like now they can actually implement it on their own they don't need the the hand holding and i don't know where i read this it was somewhat recently and i haven't been doing a lot of reading because as we're recording this it's over the holidays i've been a little checked out so yeah don't know where i read it but someone said something along the lines of how to make sure that your programs don't have built-in codependency I loved it as a concept because I've seen that, you know, we've all been in a program or in a group where the students feel like they need the teacher's approval, I guess is probably the best word. Like, well, okay, did I do this right? And and you're actually building that into how you design a program, making sure that they can actually do this on their own. So that was what really struck me there. What are your thoughts on that? So that's so funny because I'm doing, I got the elusive invite to Clubhouse. And so I'm doing a room on Clubhouse (laughs) today, the day we're recording, where I'm talking about that. Like, how do you build your programs without creating codependency? Because I feel like a lot of 
in the online space, people are talking about like, oh, they're just copying me or they're just mimicking me. Or I thought I taught them how to do a sales call, but they're just using exactly what I did. And now there's just a bunch of me's running around and we don't, I don't want a bunch of little Katie's running around. Like, no, like I don't need that. And so a lot of times there's pressure to just like put out programs, put out group programs, put out courses because you're at that stage in your business. And so we rush to put out these programs, but we're, we don't necessarily think about like, okay, well, can they then survive without me? Can they create from this program? I've even fallen victim where I purchased two programs. One of them was a copywriting course. And all I learned was information. So the foundations piece. And I was like, okay, great. Like I still can't write an email to my email right. list to save my life. Like, thank you so much. And the other one, they skipped the foundations phase and went straight to application. So I was so lost. And it's really this skill that a lot of teachers learn and we perfect over years and years and years of taking your clients through this learning process. I know that we're not necessarily students, but they are learning. And so there's this process that our brains have to go through to actually be able to create on our own, which is why I love going through those steps. But I don't know what you think about this, Brittany. In the business space, a lot of people are talking about creating like a product suite and giving people bits and pieces of information as they go through the product suite. And it does that create some sense of codependency in the way that we are structuring our programs? You know, that's actually a really good question. I definitely believe in the product suite or value ladder or, you know, customer journey, however you want to right. term it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important for a well-rounded business to have a way for people to continue on with them if you so desire. But you kind of started out this interview by saying, you know, where are your people starting, right? So yeah. I talk about this a lot of times in terms of how I teach content strategy, you know, your content that you put out there in the public world. Now, this is not paid content. This is your, you know, social media content. This is your your nurture content. It needs to meet your audience where they are at. And the way I say that is this, you know, if I am, you know, very well versed in what I'm talking about, let's say on a scale of one to 10, I'm at a seven. You know, I'm, I'm recognizing that I am not a 10. I don't know everything, right? But I don't need to know everything if I'm teaching a level one or a two. And even if I'm teaching a level five, you know, there's still two steps behind me. They are trying to get to where I am, perhaps, or at least close enough to where I am where they can turn around and do things. But if you have designed your your product suite to get them to level seven from one, then yeah, you're going to have to have lots of little pieces along the way. You, you can't make one that takes a leap that big. But if you've designed your product suite where you don't want to work with beginners, that's just not your jam, Right. And you really want to start with people at that four or five level, you might not need a whole suite of products. You might just need, you know, one program and then a continuing membership. And then you know that they're only going to be in that membership for six months because they're going to progress to a level where they need a different kind of thing. So it kind of depends, I think, on how the business wants to be set up. I do think people need to have enough options in their business that they can continue being profitable because we all know it's easier to work with you know, current clients than it is to find new ones. But I'm also a big fan of learning from lots of different sources. You know, there are people who, you know, four or five years ago, I was following who I don't follow at all anymore, because, you know, either I don't like the way they do things. And I've had a, you know, just a value shift myself, or I've moved beyond them. And I found someone who does teach that kind of next level stuff. So 
I don't know. I, I don't think it's so much a creating a codependency with your value letter as making sure that you're servicing the level of client that you want to service. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. And like you said, learning from different people, I know I keep going back to education, but that's where my background is. It's like, you don't have the same teacher kindergarten through high school. Like you eventually move on and like you learn from different people. And I think that speaks to what you were saying about you don't necessarily follow the same people anymore because your journey has changed or their journey has changed and and it's just not serving you. And that's okay. That's 100% okay in the business world. I just think I'm going to bring it back to courses that when you are creating a course, your goal should be to teach your clients to create so they can then move on to the next step in their business and not be like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do now. I just have all this information and now what? Absolutely. And when you're talking about, you know, teaching them to be able to create, I think if most people, most business owners were honest, they would say, yeah, my goal is for my students to turn around and be able to do the things that I'm I'm talking about. But I think at the same time, a lot of those people who have that goal because they didn't actually outline for it and they didn't plan for it, they don't actually accomplish that. Yeah. And I just want to be clear too, like it's not that you that people have done this maliciously. Like it's not like they set out and they're like, I'm gonna create this course. Like I've got you in my grasp forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not people's intention ever. It's just that as the expert, you have so much information that, like you said, you just want to share it all or you don't know how to structure it the best based on where they're coming in at. And so that's why it's super important to always look at like where they are starting and is this information too much for a beginner or is this information too low for a level five? Like where are they starting? Because you don't want to serve them content in a paid container or program that that isn't going to be at their level where they're going to feel like, ooh, I might not be getting what I thought I was. Yeah. And I experienced this myself a few weeks ago. I have a, a client who I'm doing a VIP day with, and, and we've been in each other's circles and world for a while. And as we were setting this up, and I was like, yeah, and then you know, for the next phase, you'll do this. And the next phase, and she was like, whoa, hold the phone. All right, we are creeping into overwhelm land for me. And you know, we are different personality types, right? So um, I'm someone who would thrive on knowing extra information that's not really supposed to be included in a course because I like to know what I'm working towards. I'm very specifically like, you know, process, you could call that process or goal oriented, I guess, but different people aren't going to like that. You know, that overwhelm is actually going to stop them in their tracks and actually prevent them from reaching the goal that you set out for your course. Yeah, they just like feel that information overload. Like my brother was trying to talk to me about something this weekend and I was like, okay, back it up. Can you explain those last three words? Thank you so much because I am not an economics person and he is. And I was like, I just need you to explain some terms to me so we can move forward with this conversation. And it's like that in business too. When people feel overwhelmed and it's a self-study course, instead of reaching out, they don't have that option to reach out. So then they just shut down and don't finish the course, which is why it's really key to include all of the foundations and the terms that they're going to need in your course. Well, and, you know, you mentioned this earlier, you know, the vocabulary and, you know, as a business world kind of person, you know, we're just not going to do vocab tests. But when you said that, circling back there, I actually laughed because I, I've taken a couple larger scale programs, definitely like meat and potato programs, you know what I mean? Where they actually included like a lexicon for the course. 
Like these are all the terms that you may or may not be familiar with. And I kind of laughed at the time. And it's not like something you had to go through. It wasn't like a formal test, nothing like that, of course. But I laughed at it at the time and I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then I found myself referring back to that module every so often because, you know, there are some times you're like, wait, was this this or that? And it is an important piece. And I, I do appreciate that people are covering it and also weaving it into the course in a way that doesn't make it feel like I'm going back to a textbook based school at the same time. Yes, exactly. And it's so funny because I've suggested like, oh, just like include a glossary or, and people think that I'm crazy, but I have taken a course where I was like, I don't even, what was it? Oh, I was in a membership and they were talking about like your photo categories and your caption categories. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did we even cover these two? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And like, I spent two weeks researching through the membership comments, like trying to figure out what they were talking about. And I was like, I can't, this is just not, this is just not worth it. But it's so interesting too, because depending on who you're talking to, they use, we're just going to use ideal client. Some people call it an ideal client. Some people call it an ICA. So how are you going to define it in your course or program? Because your clients are paying you for your knowledge. And so even just, you know, weaving those terms into your program. So you're like, oh, ICA, this is what I call my ideal client. And then moving on, I'm, you don't have to do like you're saying, like this textbook lecture, like, here's what this word means. Here's what this word means. It's kind of one of those, like, as you use it, just like remind them like, oh, this is what I mean when I say ICA or this is what I mean when I say your lead generator, etc. Love it. So when we're talking about how we set up our courses and how we can make sure that they are really truly going to allow people the transformation that they bought into in the first place, we've covered a lot of processes. You gave us some really good, you know, you know, foundations and and ways to do that. I'd love to relate that a little bit back to building up your no like and trust factor. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this, but what's your take on that? So, okay, so this is just me, y'all. This is just how I feel. Everybody else is going to feel differently. But I feel that when someone takes a course from you, if you do not deliver your on your noble promise, your promise, what you say you're going to deliver in your course, that's really going to harm your trust factor. When you're looking at your course, a lot of people are looking at their courses to go evergreen. For your course to go evergreen, people have to absolutely love it because word of mouth helps so much. And then you won't have to rely on ads so much. But if you can't deliver on what your course promises, that trust factor is gone. You're going to lose that ability for people to be giving you that social proof that you are so desiring to help boost your sales of your course. And so really making sure that you are planning your course with intention, making sure that you are 100% delivering on the promise of your course that you are marketing is really tied to that trust factor and having people trust you and having people feel confident in referring people to you that they are going to get what you are saying. You're delivering to them. Yeah, you nailed that. (laughs) Is that where you thought I was going? It was. Yep. (laughs) A plus. Okay. (laughs) A plus. Yeah. Yeah. Not just A for effort. Actual A plus. Well, Katie, thank you so much. How can people find you on the web? And if they want to get a taste of of working with you, what's the best way for that? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Katie the Course Coach. And the best way to work with me, there's a freebie at 
kdmsmith.com slash audit. It's a program audit where you can sit down and go through your current programs or courses to see if you are actually creating. And if you are interested in working with me, there's an application on my Instagram bio at Katie, the course coach. And I would love to connect. Even if you just have questions, like pop into my DMs. DMs are always open. Well, thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know anyone in the digital product world is going to get a ton out of this interview. So thanks. Yay. Thank you. I'm so glad. All right. Again, thank you to Katie. This was a fascinating conversation. I love how she broke down the four different areas you want to focus in on as you build your course. I know if you are listening to the show that you have it in you and you want to be able to share your knowledge. You want to help people. You want to help them attain the transformations that they bought when they bought your course. And if that has not been happening, I'm willing to bet it's because you missed one of the steps that Katie was talking about. Feel free to reach out to her if you do need help. And until next week, keep on building your no like and trust factor. 